Hi, this is the Pilgrim Family Podcast. I'm Eva, my little brother's Theo, and my mom and dad are Sean and Angela. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pure Living Family Podcast. Uh, Today we have a special guest with us, Dr. Nathan Wall. If you haven't heard of him and Thriving Family Chiropractic, that's who we've been seeing with Theo and I've been seeing him since the car accident uh, in December. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Wall. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's weird to hear Dr. Wall because I call him Dr. Nathan. It is weird. I think that <laughs> might have been the first time I ever said that, but we'll roll with it, I guess. Dr. Nathan has become pretty close with our family. I've visited him many times for a while. We were going to the chiroprop- chiropractor three times a week after the car accident. I consider him a, a good friend. I think I surprise him every time I come in with different subjects. <laughs> there's there's been occasions that I've dropped some bombs on him, and then he's got to see uh, someone right after. Um, but he's been a good. Support. What kind of bombs? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I mean, conspiracy theories that we're accused of having all the time, or guns, or owning guns, or something. I don't know. Guns. <laughs> do you remember? Do you recall any of the bombs I've dropped on yeah, you? I don't know. We've talked a lot about a lot of things. I think you get a lot of your patients though that. Yeah. talk to you yes. like so okay let's start from the beginning we started seeing dr nathan about i think like july august 2019 um my friend marissa shout out to marissa she's a autism mom and she had been seeing dr nathan for her daughter lila and I, we went swimming at the beginning of the summer and i was like noticing how well lila was doing and I was like, what have you guys been doing? Is this stem cells? Like, because they had been before that. And she's like, no, I think this is all Cairo. And I was like, wait, what? Cairo is doing this? And so she's like, yeah, I'll set up a meeting with you to meet up with him. And we met and it just like I came home and I talked to Sean and he was like, like, I have to give Sean credit. He's very like proactive about um, acting on like intuition and he was like, I feel so good about it. And I was like, well, I feel good about it too. So we're all in. So Theo was seeing Dr. Nathan. We first started out with three times a week, probably for a long time, I think, because Theo was in pretty bad shape, right? Yeah. It was it was many months. We were at three times a week. Yeah. I can't remember how many, but we were rock and roll there for a while. So tell everyone what you specialize in at your practice. Yeah, so obviously I'm a chiropractor, um, but the, the hard part with that is a lot of people, when they hear that word, they think of bone snapping, neck cracking, headache taken care of, back pain doctor. When in all reality, we don't really do any of that. If, if chiropractic is practiced appropriately, um, essentially we're, we're in charge of making sure the neurology is working and engaging and communicating very, very well. And so we live our whole entire life through our nervous system. And so as, as, a, as a pediatric and perinatal chiropractor and one who's very neurospecific, that's essentially what I do all day is making sure that kiddos are connected between their brain and their body and that they're connected between their brain, body, and their environment more. So we have to understand that if 
if, if our brain and our body are communicating well, then our whole body will function more appropriately. And that's the essence behind chiropractic. Well, and we were just talking as we got started um, tonight in the conversation that uh, we were looking at your at Theo's stress responses, his his first scans, his first scans. Yeah. So, what kind of scans do you do? Yeah, so we run all of our patients have to go through a myriad of different testing, and some of those are some neurological testing. Some uh, we utilize a thermography, uh, EMG or electromyography, and then HRV as well, so heart rate variability. So essentially, what we're looking at is the patterns. We're looking at the balance of the neurology. We're looking at what the brain is perceiving essentially, because what the brain perceives. Is it's exactly what and how we're going to react to our environment. So we look at Theo's original scans. There was a lot of chaos, essentially. There was what we call a lot of stress response, right? So the nervous system, when it's not functioning well, it enters into a state of stress response. And this is not like an emotional, it's more of a neurological stress. So we measure that. And, and remembering back, Theo was off the charts, as are a lot of my sensory and autism and, and spectrum kiddos are. So our EMG, we want it to be about 100 uh, essentially 100% of the neurology working and engaging well, and Theo was well over a thousand. So we were pumping 10 times the amount of stress response, essentially, and, and that was not what we wanted to see with his body. Because that means that means he's running in that state of stress. That's how, he's, that's how he's living his life in that state of stress, which then correlates to every other function. And do you see, I mean, like Theo scans were pretty crazy off the charts, mm -hmm. but you see that quite often with kids like Theo? Yeah, without a doubt. I think in, in the sensory world, the hard part is like, yes, he was off the charts. And, but the sensory, if we understand what sensory is, it's, a, it's the inability for you to adapt to your environment appropriately because your nervous system is in a state of stress or is oversensitive, right? So of course, we're going to see those big high numbers in those kiddos because that's exactly what their nervous system is doing. It's pumping too much stress response. Now, he was definitely at the higher end for sure, of where we see kiddos. Uh, eight, you know, six to 800 is, is common for sure in those kiddos, but a thousand was, was up there for sure. Well, and it's been fun to, for me to learn more. Uh, just going to your office, you learn a lot about the autonomic nervous system breaking down into two parts. And I think it's important to maybe talk about this. So just from my simplistic perspective, um, you have the sympathetic, sure. the fight or flight, um, sensory or nervous system mm -hmm. and then you have the parasympathetic nervous yeah. system which is more of the rest restore yeah recover um sensory or nervous system so yeah. it's been really interesting to learn as we've gone had treatment with theo so what we're talking about his nervous system was always in the sympathetic yeah so a lot of our focus was in the beginning to how can we activate parasympathetic, right? Yeah, without a doubt. In, in our practice, we refer to them as like gas pedal and brake pedal, only because no one wants to hear sympathetic and parasympathetic a thousand times a day, right? <laughs> Nor do I want to say those words over and over again. But with that being said, so that gas pedal, the fight, flight, and freeze response, this is where a lot of kiddos come in, unfortunately, and they are yeah, pumping that stress response. And then we want that brake pedal, right? That resting, relaxing, digesting, immune system, and drainage side, right? Our health and our our health and our, and our healing and our growth side. So think about a kid in the spectrum, right? Of course we want him healthy. We want him healing, right? And we yeah. want him growing. Growing not just physically. People think when I say that, I mean like, like growing. No, I mean growing neurologically, growing physiologically. So if we're not in that phase, then we're, then we're, then we're stuck in the fight, flight, and freeze. Because you can't be in both at the same time. Well, you are, you, you can't be, you, have, you can't have both kind of at the highest levels at the same time. 
one's always going to outdo the other essentially. Right. Yeah. And so we want to essentially have the brake pedal or that parasympathetic response. That's the system that should be engaging 99% of our day, essentially. And it's not in a lot of kiddos. Well, and it's interesting to think about, like, even in the sympathetic nervous system, there's certain bodily organs yeah. that are, that are heightened, that are jump started when you're sure. in the sympathetic and same thing when you're in the parasympathetic. Yes. So if you're in the sympathetic, then those organs that only function in the rest, recover, restore, they're not functioning because they can never engage, correct? Yeah, you're right. So certain things turn on, certain things turn off when you're running away from a bear, right? So if that's the way that's the way to think about it is like if I'm running away from a bear, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna run my adrenaline, my cortisol, my epinephrine, all these stress hormones are gonna be pumping, right? I'm gonna get that my 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 sensory is gonna be heightened. Right, because I'm trying to take everything in all at once. Like, so not a shocker that we see sensory kiddos with a heightened stress response, right? So, but that's going to shut down my digestion, right? Because I don't need to digest when I'm running away from a bear. It's the last thing I do. I don't need a good immune system when I'm running away from a bear. I need my body to be ready to fight. Now, that also means the blood is shunted too. So that's something to understand when we talk about like kids with autism. So the blood is being shunted to specific areas of the body. Blood brings with it growth, right? And that's, that's our health and healing and our growth side um, as well. But it's also shunted, not just in the body, but it's shunted in the brain. So when we talk about kids with autism, that, that blood, it gets shunted from the prefrontal cortex to the hindbrain during a stress response. So that means if this kid has been experiencing the stress response, say let's day one of their life, where's, where's the growth happening? Where's that, where's that nutrient response going? Is it going to the prefrontal cortex? No, it's going to the hindbrain, primitive reflexes, all of that. So we see these kids sometimes come in and they're, they're strong, right? They're, they're really good at physical things, but that prefrontal cortex is shut down. So social, social has shut, shut down. The ability to communicate and react and respond appropriately is shut down. So Theo's basically been running from a bear for yeah. the majority. Physiologically. Yeah, for sure. For the majority of his life. And I thought uh, a comparison that was very interesting in my, to me was Dr. Zach Bush when Angela was doing the fasting. And she might talk about that later on, but she's done a couple of fasts where it was like a week long fast. And Dr. Bush in his videos talked about how day three, day four, you feel like your sensory overload. Mm. And he compared that to kids in the, in, on the sensory spectrum. Yeah. So that if you want to get any sort of empathy or, or feel what they're feeling yeah. fast for three, four days yeah. and your body, that's when everything you're much more irritable. Sure. Your, um, your emotions are a lot heightened and that's what these kids, these sensory kids are dealing with. Yeah. So it gives perspective of why they would throw their tantrums and they're hangry. Right? <laughs> non-stop yeah yeah without a doubt yeah there's so many different things in our lives that can push us over that edge and um if we can experience those and kind of relate back to our kiddos with sensory issues that's fantastic i love that comparison did you feel that way when you fasted well i feel like we already know i have some auditory processing issues <laughs> too many sounds and i start freaking out but it was like that times 10 and yeah like it was uh, the last few times I've done the fast day three and four, I feel that way for sure. But it just, it makes me have a lot more patience and sympathy for kids like Theo. And I think that a lot of people try so hard to change our kids 
in that type of situation where really we need to change the environment or remove them from the environment to help calm them because that's what I had to do for myself. So I think that's a great point because like aunts and uncles or grandparents that aren't around the kids all the time, they might think like, oh, you know, just he needs some discipline and maybe the parents aren't doing a good job. Maybe take this perspective into consideration of the kid can physiologically, he cannot change his reaction. I think that's a point we need to make. Yeah, it's so true. So back to Dr. Nathan, I know that I get a lot of messages on Instagram with uh, parents that will say, oh, I can't do Cairo because there's no way my child will lay down and participate. And I thought for sure, like, oh my gosh, I don't know what this is going to be like for Theo. I mean, even the scans, like you just adapt so well. Dr. Nathan's like a ninja. He's just like, he's so quick with them too. And so what do you always tell parents to help them? Yeah. I mean, first, I think it's personal for the provider. You have to find the right provider who's going to have the ability to do that and want to do that and the patience to work with kiddos. And I think it comes from passion though. If you're passionate about what you do, you're going to, you're going to find the ability to work with the kiddos. So, so you got to find the right provider. And then I always tell parents, like I've only in, in almost 10 years of doing this, I've only had one kid not be able to get chiropractic care um, due to just not being able to be touched and not being able to go through the process. Mm. So that was a 13 year old with anxiety, but really mom wasn't on my side. Like mm-hmm. mom was just kind of always offering the door out, like almost like telling her to go, like, you don't have to do this. You don't I'm like, well, this is never going to work. Like, mm-hmm. But when we talk about like your average sensory kiddo, yeah, it can be challenging. Like I've spent 45 to 55 minutes trying to get an adjustment with a kiddo before. That doesn't mean I'm hovering over that kid for 45 to 55 minutes and waiting for him. We're going to come back. We're going to see how they're doing. We're going to entertain them. We're going to come back. We're going to do many different things for, for those kiddos. Scans can be hard because there's a lot of touch. And if it's a light touch that they're really sensitive to, we do a lot of light touch in the scans. Nothing is that hard. So that can be a difficult situation. Um, but I, I think parents need to know if they're with the right provider and the provider is trained that, man, we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kiddos and... We've never had a case that we haven't been able to take care of due to the issues of sensory or autism and and their challenges when it comes to that. What I tell parents is it took Theo a long time. It took like probably like 30 adjustments Mm. before he was like, okay, fine. I'm not going to fight you on this, you know? And now he's just like so relaxed, hops up in the, on the table and is like, okay, move me. He does. It's pretty easy. And I mean, even the picture, the recent picture of him oh, yeah. giving you a little kiss on the yeah. cheek. He, he gives is. Dr. Nathan hugs and kisses. And They're best buddies. They're homies. For sure. Because he knows that Dr. Nathan makes them feel better. Yeah. yeah. He does well. And I think that's a good point to bring up because we did see his mood and his ability to withstand tough emotions improve. Yeah. Like, Within that, the first few months, oh, for yeah. sure. That was the first big result we saw from chiropractic. And just like his awareness and just being around like a large group of people didn't seem to bother him as much anymore. That's like one of the biggest things we saw in the beginning with Cairo. 100%. So essentially what you're talking about is adapting, right? So For sure. So that's that's life. That's that's health. If we're adapting to our environment, we're we're doing well. And that's on many different fronts, but for a sensory kiddo, Adaptation is extremely hard. There can be many different environments that they face every day, and that becomes difficult. But again, all that information is processed through the neurology. So if the neurology is bogged down with that stress response at a thousand or whatever number we're at, then it's going to be really difficult for that kiddo to adapt. 
So you're going to see those outbursts. You're going to see all that. But now when we start seeing the kiddo start to recover and gain that connection between that brain and that body and that environment, adaptability goes through the roof. So then you start seeing environments not affecting this much. So we can, we can do X, Y, Z because they're better adapting to those now. We don't always have to change the external if we can get the body to then adapt, essentially. Well, I, I think that's an interesting point, thinking back at his progress, because we obviously had a great progress um, from the beginning when his scans were a thousand plus. It slowly started coming down. We got to a point where we felt like we wanted to do a little bit more, so we did the FMT. And, and I don't know, Dr. Nathan, you tell us from your perspective what you saw before we did that and after we did FMT. Yeah, good point. So I think I think before we did that and we were we were doing well, everything was moving in the right direction. But I think we had I don't want to say plateaued out, but we had just kind of like he's done well. He's did good. And then FMT came in and then I think that kind of boosted him more in the right direction, right? Cleared up the gut more. As we're all aware of, that brain-gut connection is absolutely huge. So if we can have a better gut function at that point, less inflammation, all those all those responses, we're going to see kind of that, that, that jump in that right direction. I think we saw that with him. Well, I think everyone needs to hit listen to this part because we talked about it in our last podcast of finding providers that are collaborative. And Dr. Nathan is a perfect example of that, of rolling with us as we provide different treatment protocols and just whether run. it's diet or seeing a new pandas doctor or you know fmt he's always been like very supportive and that's what i love about dr nathan and anyone on theo's team that's open-minded and just willing to be like a sounding board because they all have great things to like offer and that's why they're part of theo's team so yeah make sure your provider is willing I mean, I guess it has a lot to do with ego too. Like no ego, right? Well, and even our conversations, I love throwing ideas off the wall in his office about life in general. That's why I feel like Dr. Nathan has been become a good friend of ours. But um, I think that's important as long as the provider has no ego and allows you to express your simplistic perspective because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a chiropractor. So your patience with me and asking a bunch of questions has always been very much appreciated as well. Yeah, I think that's important for a healthcare provider to be open and to be willing to answer questions and also be willing to understand that we don't know everything. And that's and that's okay to not know everything. You know, if, if, if someone's going and expecting the provider to know everything, um, you're probably gonna get someone with a really big ego and they'll probably fit well with them for a moment. And then you'll find out that's not such a good fit because really it's their ego and not their knowledge that's driving them. For sure. One thing I wanted to talk to you about, Dr. Nathan, was when I first sat down with you, you told me, you're like, you know, a lot of chiropractors, they sell supplements, they have all these things in their office, and I'm not that way. So explain to our followers why you don't do sell all the supplements. Yeah, that's a good question. I get this question at least a couple times a day. In fact, I just... Really? Yeah. That's probably the last question I had in my office today, actually. <laughs> so it was mom kind of questioning this. Um, we're not, we're not anti-supplement in our office by any means, right? Uh, we, we provide a couple different supplements for patients, but we encourage people to, to be on supplements if needed. Um, but it's not our lane essentially. Like there's, there's a, my license allows me to do a myriad of different things as a chiropractor. I could, 
I could do a lot of, there's a guy in Salt Lake who does foot baths, like he is a chiropractor, right? Which is great. I mean, if you want to do detoxing foot baths, great. Just don't call it chiropractic and don't confuse it with what chiropractic is essentially, right? <laughs> there's a lot of misconception of what chiropractic is. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to be adding more and more and more. Nutrition is important. We understand that as a, as a chiropractor, we look at emotional, physical, and chemical stressors. So we understand that nutrition is very important in that aspect. But I really, I kind of hold true to like, man, chiropractic was designed and specifically, specifically here in order to allow for that neurology to be expressed appropriately. And if, if I open myself up to all these different modalities and all these different things that we can do into the practice, then I just become mediocre at a hundred different things. And I'd rather be really excellent at one thing, which is chiropractic allowing for that neurology to be expressed. Uh, again, that doesn't downplay any other modality or any other treatment or, or, um, any other care that the provider provides. It's just what we're really good at and we're really specific at is, is allowing for that neurology to work well. That's amazing. I've had a lot of friends and follower friends that have come into your practice and they all have different reasons why they're wanting to come see you, but I've never had one person message me later and say, oh, it didn't work for me. What do you feel like? <laughs> well, we want, right? <laughs> for sure. But how, I mean, obviously we want everyone in the surrounding areas where we live. So Dr. Nathan has Thriving Chi- Families Chiropractic in Draper, Utah. If you're local, I mean, we even, you have people that drive a while to see you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're so specific in the niche that we do and see these kiddos and our, our, or really good results with them. It, it drives people from many, yeah, we see people all the way up a couple hours north, a couple hours south. Yeah. Wow. So if you're local, you definitely need to stop by and see Dr. Nathan. But how do followers find someone like you? It's a really good question. Um, and there's, you know, we, we are just as of two weeks ago, a really good group, group I'm a part of called... Um, we're, we're, we're a group of pediatric neurospecific chiropractors who work with kiddos like this pretty specifically. And there is a, um, what's the word I want to look for here? Uh, there's a. You guys are specialized. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of like, they've created a, a website essentially where you can go and search for a doctor. Okay. Um, I don't have the exact website right now. We can link it. Yeah, we can totally link it. We can put it in there. Um, but yeah, it, this was just created like two weeks ago and just launched a week ago. Like affiliate program or? It's not like an, it's an affiliate, but we're not affiliated with anything besides just the training that we have essentially. Um, I can't think of the word I want to use for it, but yeah, it's a place where you go in, type your, your address and type your zip code and it's going to come up with doctors in your area. Oh, cool. Yeah, more or less. So um, that's, it's going to be awesome. And we're adding new doctors uh, every day. I think there's, there's probably going to be a thousand, uh, 1500 doctors on there nationwide. So how are you deciding what doctors will be on there? So it's not myself that's doing it. It's actually my mentor, Dr. Tony Ebel out of Crystal Lake, Illinois, who's ran, I mean, he's probably the the top notch pediatric chiropractor, especially when it comes to kiddos with, um, neurodevelopmental disorders for sure. So he's running this program and, um, he's, he's fantastic at what he does. And he, his whole mission is to get it out there, get, get parents, the knowledge, get parents, the knowledge, get them the opportunity to seek providers like us. So this has been a really big step in the right direction for us. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we're super excited about the website launching. That's awesome. Well, one thing I also love about you is you take some time to, um, talk to the community and you hold certain classes. Will you tell us about what kind of classes you have? 
Yeah, so we concentrate on two classes specifically because they're most they're the most wanted classes. Our our main one is called the NeuroStorm. So the NeuroStorm really focuses on kiddos with ADHD, sensory processing, autism, um, anxiety, and, and depression. And and really, the NeuroStorm is is showing parents the pathway to how our, our kiddos have ended up like this before. Unfortunately, and then and then we and then we started to guide them through the process of understanding what their neurology is doing and their physiology is doing. Essentially, everything we're talking about today, but in a two-hour format, mm-hmm. so you can be really kind of aware of what's happening and with that class. And then another class we do is a class on vaccines. Um, I call it I call it a vaccination class, but it's really like a neuroimmunology class. In my opinion on vaccines is parents need to be informed with it, not just informed on like the bad and the good, but informed in how a vaccine interacts with the nervous system, how it interacts with the immune system, and then what are the potential effects of that, both good and bad, um, if, if we inject something into a kiddo or an adult, essentially. So it's a really good class. Um, that we teach there. Um, and another one that we're, we're hopefully dropping pretty soon is going to be our postpartum depletion class, mm. where we talk a lot about moms who are just essentially depleted. I see a lot of moms with anxiety and depression. So what's happening is they're going from pregnancy to pregnancy, or they're going into their first pregnancy already depleted, and then their pregnancy now depletes them, breastfeeding depletes them. We look at depletion on a, on a nutritional aspect, as a neurological aspect, and a social aspect, and we talk about how we need to regain that and to have more balance with that in order to avoid these PPA, PPD diagnoses that are so rampant and then sticking moms on these anti-anxiety mm. depressive drugs so, so heavily, essentially. That's really interesting. I just sent my pregnant sister-in-law to you. Yeah, so. right. yeah. <laughs> you see a lot of, uh, well, you specialize in it, but women yeah. who are pregnant. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you something. Any questions for him? Well, uh, while she thinks of that question, any, any thoughts that you feel like you would like to express knowing our community um, is mainly special needs yeah. parents across the globe, any thoughts that you would want to share? For sure. I think, I think what I always want to get across is, and like I said, I've, I've lived in this world really all day for the last almost 10 years now. And, and, and I understand that, you know, from, from the initial onset, from the initial diagnosis, it becomes, it becomes scary. It becomes a whirlwind. And a lot of times, a lot of parents are just handed essentially a pamphlet and they're saying, here you go, go figure this out. There's not, there is help, there is, but there's not a lot of help in the natu- in, in the in the mainstream medical model. And so I think one thing I want parents to know is there is hope for sure. I mean, if you look in the right places, kids' lives are being changed. If you look in the right places, parents are starting to understand that we can get through a lot of these difficulties and a lot of these neurodevelopmental challenges if we're doing the right things and moving in the right direction. And so again, I just think, I think establishing the fact that to not lose hope and to keep moving forward and to try as, as, as many things as possible, right? Chiropractic is not an end-all be-all cure-all by any means. Anybody selling that run away. Of course, it establishes a proper neurology and kiddos need that, whether neurodevelopmental or not. But there's so many different awesome modalities today. There's so many different awesome uh, therapies that kids can get involved into to, as we talked about FMT, there's obviously OT, PT, speech, all these really, really good therapies. Um, but, but I think if, if you're struggling, which I think 
every every parent with a special needs kiddo like that and neurodevelopmental kiddo is gonna gonna go through those phases. Just don't give up hope. Um, that's that's what I would say for sure. And you've Thank given you. us so much hope. And I think like it's so evident just when we go into your office, just the energy and the love that you have for your patients and your clients is just like, I just, I mean, I'm sure you have moms break down to you all day long because we go in there and we're just like, and dads, yeah, fix our child because we just like, we just feel that safeness and just hopefulness with you that we kind of just unload on you. So sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I, I've, I've done it forever and I, and I enjoy the, the connection and the ability to establish that hope. You know, in our, our group of chiropractors, we talk about as being hope dealers. <laughs> you guys are hope dealers. <laughs> well, you, you have to be. And I think if you're providing the help, you're providing the hope too. We so appreciate you. And thank you so much for being here with us too. Yeah, sure. yeah and we're sorry for any of the craziness that our family has provided to you. <laughs> no craziness. It's all good. It's all good. Well, thank you for joining us for this podcast. I we'll have to have you on again. Yeah. We'll have some like specific topics. We can do it. Thanks sure. for joining us. Make sure you join us next week. Have a great one. Have See ya. Hi, this is the Pure Reading Family Podcast. I'm Eva, my little brother's Theo, and my mom and dad are Sean and Angela.